here. But force the tube in his mouth, hit the plunger, and then grab him by the face until he swallows. And then every time after he swallows, he looks at me like, you son of a bitch, never again. And then (laughs) 15 minutes later, he comes over and is like, I want on the couch now. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that just can't even this week. Like, there are shows that can even. Mm-hmm. This is not one of them. Mm. I am Max. I will attempt. I... I will attempt to even. I I will not. Okay. Uh yeah. This is not an even day for me. This okay. is this is a can't. Oh okay. uh day. Anyway, uh how's it going? Um it goes. I have not Are been you guys sleeping. Getting settled. Uh yeah. We're almost almost all the way there. She keeps finding like tables that she needs. Like end tables and mm-hmm. like just more surfaces and this is new (laughs) for me but then i kind of realized that she's done this in just about every place we've lived so far is like we move in and then for a month or two there's minor furniture that needs to be procured and it just okay so like a uh a plant stand showed up yesterday. It just means that there's like weird shaped boxes that continually appear on the porch. And I I go out and be like, what the hell is this? And she's like, oh, the plant stand is here. And I was like, what fucking plant stand? (laughs) (laughs) Did we need one of those? She's like, yeah, it's going to be pretty. It's gold. Okay. All right. Whatever. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, we got fucking potato bugs out the ass, which I hate, but other than that, it's good. We have gnats. They're driving me crazy. Yeah. I am actually sitting here with a bowl of sugar, water, and apple cider vinegar. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, because it works relatively well. But it's just, I, like, for the last two weeks, as we've been recording, they just attack me while I'm sitting while there. I'm uh, recording. So, yeah. <coughs> eh. And yourself? Anyway. Uh, just uh, a week. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, news. News. The, uh... Spider-Man's back in the MCU for yep. at least two more movies. Uh, yep. Probably. I, I heard finish out the Homecoming trilogy, if you want to call it that. At least that. And then um, probably another Avengers or crossover movie. Something. Um, right. This is not surprising. I think when it was announced that the deals broke down that week, we had said something to the effect of 
this isn't going to last. It's they're going to yeah. figure it out because like I was saying earlier, there's it was just it's just too much money for either party to walk away. Um you can be as honestly the the bigger surprise for me was not that they worked it out because of course. Right. The bigger surprise was when they were outlining the movies that Sony is uh, working on, you know, there was the standard like Morbius, Venom 2, Silk, yada, 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 whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then there was Into the Spider-Verse 2, but also a an all-female spinoff of Spider-Verse. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like... That was more of a surprise. Sure, yeah. Than I didn't know about that. The MCU stuff. A Spider Gwen led movie? That could be really fun and good. Yeah. See, the animated. So, like. I have such a complicated relationship. Not even really complicated. I don't trust. Sony to make good Spider-Man movies because they've proven time and again that whatever machinations at the top, the studio just can't put it together. I don't know what it is, and I'm sorry for them. I wish they could, especially now that Disney owns everything. But I seriously wish there was another heavy hitter out there that could make consistent good Spider-Man movies. But then if you you look at their slate and I'm like, who asked for a Morbius movie? Who asked for a Jared Leto Morbius movie? No one. No one asked for that. Jared Leto was surprised. Um, yeah. But, but then into the spider verse is so freaking good. So that sort of complicates it where I'm like, I want more of that. Just, and Venom looked so bad. Um, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. But it it's, did not look uh, good. It's uh, really hard to watch, and I I really don't know what Tom Hardy's doing in that movie. Yeah. Uh, in as much as like he's got a weird ass accent that's like jarring um well it's jarring because nobody else in the movie in the movie looks like they talk like that at all so where are you from like it's well like and nobody else is really doing any sort of accent it's it it would be one thing if like you had him doing his heavy, like, Newark thing, and then, like, maybe an Englishman or whatever. But, like, everyone else is just talking, and then he's like, yeah, I don't understand why. And you're just like, Tom, Tom, you are, I got nothing but love, but come on, man. Well, it's like... Tom Hardy is definitely in that set of actors where I'm like, God, like the one movie that I started loving you for can only carry you so far, man. Mm -hmm. Like, 
for him, it's Bran- or Bronson because it's, Bronson's fucking amazing. He's a yeah. fantastic in it. Um, the movie's a little depressing, but he's goddamn awesome. Um, I heard that Locke is also really good, which is him in a car the whole time on the phone. Um, and uh, then also uh, Jeremy Renner, but not for performances. Like, Hurt Locker's so fantastic, and I actually like his Hawkeye, even though there's not a lot there, um, acting choices-wise. Um, but mm-hmm. the there's only so much of Hurt Locker that's going to get me past you made an app for yourself. Like, and the, yeah. the band, like, luckily some of this stuff is easily easily ignored. Where it's just like, I don't have to pay attention to this. It's also innocuous. It's not like you're out there showing your dick to people. So I don't have to worry about that. It's, you made it right. up. It's, like, it's not <laughs> offensive. Yeah. You're just like, that's an odd choice. <laughs> it's like weird. <laughs> like, say with Bruce Willis, like in the 90s, you know, you have a band that's really terrible. Um, I'm still going to see Die Hard the, 3. Like, yeah, the Bruno thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. Okay. But, uh, whatever, man. Right. Uh, the, the major problem with Venom, though, is that <coughs> if it had been... Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you've got to blow your load with Carnage right away. But at least with a Venom versus carnage situation right venom and carnage are visually distinct so if at the at the climax of your movie you have two symbiotes splashing and mixing around you could tell what's what right but in venom it was literally uh venom who's black versus a gunmetal gray yeah. symbiote. And so it's it's literally just sitting there going what's uh and they're and they're fighting in the dark. And it's like what? Yeah. It's it's it it's just Transformers Bukake. Yeah. Like <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Yeah. On that note. Um, I guess we start comics if that's the only news. Yeah, and this week, this week was was a hard one. Um, because the problem with the reading this week, and by that I mean the massive underlying problem upon which all of the other problems scuttle and defecate, is that the there's no connectivity between the things that are happening. Yeah. It's it's li- like here's a here's the thing. I'm this is going to be a bit of a spicy take for someone who is doing a superhero comic podcast. But we were talking about superhero comics are kind of dumb. Like yeah. when you when you get down to it, it's basically like Especially in the Silver Age, the storylines are supervillain robs a bank and 
superhero stops them, even though the money is federally insured. Right. Supervillain seeks revenge because the superhero stopped them from robbing a bank. Or Space Hitler. Like, those are the basic... And the artistry comes from distracting me from the inner workings. Like, you know, the... The true, the truly great storytellers are the ones that can, uh, that can get me to stop thinking about the fact that to, uh, to borrow a phrase from the Simpsons, it's just a bunch of stuff that happened. Like... You know, the the essence of a good storyteller here is one who can say, okay, this flows into this, and then this happens, and it's all part of a cohesive thing. The also... These... Sorry. The also, you... Part of the distraction is having a good character that I care about. Like, a right. lot of things can happen, but, like... And it's still stuff that happens, but if it's a character that I care about or am interested in or intrigued by or in, yeah, intrigued by because there's some mystery like you're laying out um, and ultimately will pay off, like that's important too. Um, but like you if they can do that, like with Spider-Man, that's why I'm in in Silver Age early Bronze Age is because, at that by that point, I care about Peter. I even care right. about some of the people around him, right? Like mm-hmm. so that when Green Goblin, so that when Harry goes nuts and becomes Green Goblin again, I'm like, ah, that sucks because I actually kind of care about Harry um, a little. I know that yeah. Harry's actions are going to affect Peter at least, and that affects me or mm-hmm. my the input I've decided to add um these books well we have two two problems tigra doesn't do any of that they take all the character that i liked because i liked greer i liked her a lot in the cat Mm -hmm. here they're like okay but sometimes not that at all and i'm like but i liked that part what are you Mm -hmm. doing (laughs) i don't care as much now um, and then defenders. Well, yeah, the the with with both of these, it's just kind of like there is no. It's like a thing happens, and then another thing happens, and the reason that a thing happens is just so we can get the character to the next thing, like with defenders. <coughs> yeah, Hulk kills a couple of. Hunters. Hunters. Why? So we can get a fawn in Defenders HQ. Okay, why do you need a fawn in Defenders HQ? So we have a place to put Chandu. Yeah. Okay, why do we need Chandu in a place? So that they can operate on his body. And it's just kind of like... Like, there is no... It's just another thing meant to get this character from this place to the next like you know and and marvel chillers is doing it too because it's just like red wolf throws a tomahawk and frees greer why 
because his wolf told him she was on the level. All right. All right. And then in Defenders, you've got the elf with a gun. Well, I that, looked this up. This, I looked this up. Did you? Yeah. Because I'm like, what is the fucking point of this? And you know what? You know what? The elf gets run over by a truck and never meets the defenders. Why is this? Who's Why? writing that? Who's writing that? Steve Gerber. Okay. Have you met him? You've met him. No. Oh. Maybe he'll be at Planet Con next year and we can be like, what the fuck what is the with fuck is the deal <laughs> what with the, the elf with the gun? What the fuck is the deal with the elf with the gun? I paid $30 to ask you this one goddamn question. Explain yeah. the elf now. Yeah. So. No, I don't want an autograph. Explain the elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, Marvel Chillers number three, written by Tony Isabella, penciled by Will Mignot. I don't, Mignet, I don't know. Mignot. was the way I would do it. Uh, inked by Frank Chiaramonte and Sam Granger, colored by Petra Goldberg and lettered by Joe Rosen. And right off the bat, this is, this is my pet peeve i realize this uh on the cover it says featuring tigra the werewoman and um she is not gonna wear at all throughout these issues that's not it's not even that that's dumb but like whatever the problem is werewolf the were part comes from the old english for man werewolf means man wolf when you say werewoman you're saying she's a man woman <laughs> and like okay but that's that's not what you're going for no call her a were cat yeah okay yeah. like she's man is not necessarily wholly appropriate but yeah, it's man in a in the royal sense, not necessarily the like the brotherhood of man kind of way. Yeah, it's the royal not man. like yeah. she is a man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like she's not a man woman, so knock it off. <laughs> um. But anyway, so we start this out, and Tigra, we we go through the obligatory. Like, here's who she is. And then we get into a... Um, I love this. So it's a two-page spread explaining, like, what what the fuck is going on. And it yeah. may as well start with, just in case you forgot how fucking bonkers this is. Yeah, because it's cat people and it's yada yada. It's a whole thing and... They managed, yeah, they managed to yada yada a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we we join we join the actual story with the Rat Pack attacking some Southern California city. Yeah. Um, I forget what the name of it is. Who cares? Uh... Um, and they have they have a new 
leader by the name of Joshua Plague. Um, and so these guys are, you know, running roughshod. They're stealing some, uh, some various like serums. It's, uh, yeah, the, 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 the main target, the rest of the rat pack is basically just causing is running distraction force. The main target is the U S army research center in cup pack. Kepke? Kepke. Yeah. Kepkeville. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, And you've got... We're doing more to set up the personality differences between the five members of the Rat Pack than I would have. Um, Because... They're really generic. Well, they all look the same is the problem. Like... Yeah. There's nothing... One of them's a woman. One of them's a woman. Literally... So we got we got the protective one, we got the murder one, and we got the woman uh, who is possibly the only competent one, uh, and then we got a guy who runs explosives. That's his whole personality, and then we got the dude. Yeah, that's about it. I don't know. That's only four. There's I don't remember the two what... brothers because yeah. one is a knife guy and the other is like. Who cares? It does. It doesn't. It doesn't. It really matter. does not matter. The only because one that, the, the only one that matters. There the two of them that matter are the murder one and the woman. That's it. Which is one and two. Yeah, and then so. And Joshua Plague is kind of whatever. Uh, in the course of things, there is a cat person who is found at the scene and arrested. So then we switch to. Doctor, what's her name? Tumalo uh, and Greer, who are arriving on the West Coast and are there to see Jules Banyan, who is an old friend slash fuck buddy of Doctor Tumalo's, um, who's going to who is acting as a go-between, I guess, between them and this doctor who can help Greer switch back and forth between human and cat. Yeah, there was something wrong with the initial procedure that she didn't get. Or no, because she wasn't initially cat people. Since they turned her cat people, she doesn't come with the ability to switch back and forth inherent or something yeah arbitrary um, rules are arbitrary um yeah so professor what's his now uh banyan dr banyan is like hey uh the guy you need got picked up by the cops and his name is professor leon of course it is um so their plan Instead of just waiting until, you know, the justice system figures it out and it realizes that he's not a part of this. Also, they only, the cops only arrested him because they just decided, well, he's a cat person. He must be involved in the attack. Uh, they, Greer goes and breaks him out. Okay, good, fine, whatever. Um, Gur? Gur? Gur. Uh, she sees... A helicopter 
there, there's an alarm that goes off and right. they turn it and they're like oh shit how did they already know we busted you out but then it turns out it's because the rat pack is attacking and so she hitches a ride on a helicopter no sooner does she do they arrive and she jumps off than the rat pack blow up the helicopter and that gets Greer mad uh, so she proceeds to fight the Rat Pack, um, and she's holding her own against them, but then Joshua Plague is just like, I'll deal with her, and they start to fight, at which point he starts laughing, and it's just like, oh no, all of my strength is fading, at which point he not, he slaps her and knocks her out. And they take off. Right. Um, and it turns out we find out at this point that what they were actually doing was they'd attacked an Indian reservation and uh, had stolen a... They call it a statue, but it's basically a staff. Yeah. Um, and so... She wakes up, realizes that they've, like, murdered all of these people and realizes, oh, shit, what have, you know, I was so wrapped up in my own shit that I didn't even stop to think about the collateral damage. And so she takes off after them, at which point Red Wolf, the uh, guy from Avengers, shows up. And it's, and it's really weird because at the end of this issue, he has nipples. And the rest of the time he doesn't. So, whatever. But, so, uh... The only... Or not the only... One thing I can say that's, like, interesting and would have been more interesting if it would have been successful is the... So they're trying to do this thing with her... Like, anytime she gets super angry, she gets... She basically goes feral. And, like, all of her personality is gone and she's just in a rage tunnel. Um, and it it doesn't work right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying... Like, she's not driving anymore. And... It's, it's just a thing that's there. It doesn't, like, help. It doesn't hurt. It's just also there. And... Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see, like, this is the kind of thing that maybe you're laying some groundwork so that we can just merge the two and basically remove Greer and only Tigra, which is kind of what happens, I'm guessing. Um, And it just, it's not, it's interesting, or it could be interesting if it were more successful. Anyway. Well, the, the problem is that Generally speaking, when you have someone who go, who goes feral, like say Wolverine, right, is that uh, <laughs> the interesting bit is that sometimes they get so lost in the bloodlust that then it's no longer about friend or foe; it's just whoever's in front of them. Sure, and that never happens here. There's no point where she even comes close to accidentally gutting someone she shouldn't gut so it doesn't really go anywhere it's just kind of like oh i nearly lost myself to the rage and it's just like yeah but like 
these people kind of deserve it, so go off. Go like, for it? Yeah. Whatever. Like, if you kill a couple of the Rat Pack in a blind fury, I mean, they'll, I mean, they'll yeah, just you've replace t- them. You've murdered now, but like, you know, there's the, I'm not, I'm not gonna hold and I would that much, against you. I would much rather see her grapple with that. Like, that, having the Greer personality grapple with the fact that she's now capable of just losing her shit and wrecking shop and there are bodies left over like that's far more interesting than her just being like oh no i almost or oh no i didn't pay attention to the fact that i wasn't doing any heroing yeah i guess then you just end up with also wolverine but i don't know and it's frustrating because i like red wolf as a general rule and his gets, being here just makes me mad. He gets nothing um, to do. Because he, he, at the end of this issue, he's like, you know, uh, he knows she's involved, but he doesn't know to what extent. And so you're like, oh man, when the two of them meet up, uh, but then when they do finally meet up, it's just like, yeah, I know you had nothing to do with the actual murdering. And it's just kind of like, okay. Especially um, because at the end of this first issue, he looks fucking pissed and like ready yeah. to roll. Um, and that's sort of promising. Not that I really wanted to see them fight. Although that would have been, you know, normally, like we've said a hundred times before, heroes fighting heroes is usually pretty boring. But when your enemy is so fucking stupid, then is the the rat pack and a and a fucking cipher then you I, heroes fighting heroes could be fun well and the only thing worse than having heroes fighting heroes is setting up heroes fighting heroes and then just being like eh <laughs> didn't have nah. the patience so marvel chillers number 4 and this is what i was talking about where it's obviously a matter of degrees, but there's no connectivity here. Um, Marvel Chillers number four is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Frank Robbins, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by George Russo's, and lettered by John Costanza. And this felt to me like they already had the issue in the can and they needed to use it somewhere. So they just put it here. It doesn't yeah. link to the rest of the story in any way. It's a it's a diversion. They they mention, like, yeah, I've been on the trail of the Rat Pack, but then like, that's it. Yeah. Um. So, what winds up happening is Greer fucks off to Chicago, because why not? She uh, needed to go home and cool down and leave Doctor Tumalo there. Sure. Um. And in the course of things, she accidentally stumbles across these guys in green that initially I thought this was our first look at the at an updated Hydra uniform, sure. like when they got rid of the skirts. Right. But no, these are just random assholes. And uh, she fights them, and then it turns out that they are providing a distraction for Craven. To kidnap a doctor. 
So she fights Craven and uh, wind, it winds up that like in all of the shooting, she is, uh, she tries to save this girl, but the girl is shot. And there's random talk about her empathic senses, which don't really come up all that often. Because she she feels what the girl is feeling as far as, like, the bullet hitting and, like, the cold, uh, disconnected feeling and everything. The numbness. And then she just kind of, like, the police are firing at her and then she runs. Um, she goes to check on the girl, but the girl is, like, hanging on by a thread and the only way to save her and prevent her from like losing uh mobility is because the doctor is to save the doctor so she goes and hides out in a seedy bar listens in on the guys she fought um and follows them to craven she gets there craven like drops her into a cage and then he's just like yeah i killed all those guys and she's like holy shit and he's like yeah uh that's just the way things are i'm i'm a hunter and you're going to provide great sport for me um and it's it's really frustrating because he calls her cat thing which then becomes something that everybody starts calling her yeah this is the only holdover from this issue really is cat thing and there's no reason for it because there's no connection between Craven or, you know, it's, yeah. it's one thing, it's one thing in X-Men when people call mutants muties and mutants call humans flat scans because it's like, okay, it's a slang term. Um, it's a slur. It's whatever. Yeah, uh, but it's out there in the general ethos. You've seen it somewhere, right? Right. Like, you, you know, you know an asshole who's used it on TV, right? Uh, here, like, is there are parts about this that sometimes it's like the government is like airdropping pamphlets on how to refer to people. And it's really annoying. Like, everybody's just like, yeah, cat thing. That's what I'll call her. Like, where did you get that? No. I don't know. I just came up with it. Oh, well, so did this other guy in fucking Chicago. Huh. huh. That's weird. Parallel thinking, I guess. Like, sure. no, no. Um. So they fight and he, he gets hold of her around the neck and he's cutting off her air but she she pulls the obligatory like no I really really have to win uh, and you know launches him at which point he lets loose with the nipple lasers that here are sonic <laughs> so it's driving her crazy and who gives a shit she loses but, uh, her shit again and attacks him with the full fury of the cat um, and she wins. Yeah. 
Hooray. And at the end, she's talking to the doctor, and the doctor's like, you know, the police are downstairs. They think you were in it, working with Craven. If you run now, they'll believe that. How will you ever explain? And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to bother. And uh, <laughs> what's really annoying is she's like, you see, the human half of me tried to go home again tonight, tried to find her roots, and all she did was discover that you can't. And it's like, no... No, that's that's not what happened, Greer. What you discovered. You went. You tried to go home. You got involved in some shit that you just stumbled across, and then you left it up in the air on your own. Like this is not. This is not a situation of like your life has changed so much that you are no longer you no longer belong where you once did. This is a, the you're wanted by the police and literally all you have to do is be like, hey, I'm actually the guy who brought him in. Yeah. I didn't do it. And you've chosen not to and that's your own fucking doing. Yeah. But whatever. Fuck it. Um, but also so they're Marvel, playing fast. Sorry. They're playing fast and loose with like, does anyone even know who she is? Like, is she uh, is she a public facing superhero or not? Assume not. So, and I guess she's supposed to be keeping the cat people thing on the DL. So she doesn't even want to become any. She doesn't want to become a mini ghostwriter until. And by that I mean, like, she just turns into a cat and people are like... Or into Tiger and people are like, what? Um, I guess I'll just accept this. Uh, until after the where the changing part is available. I, I don't I don't know. It's such a weird book. It is. And, yeah. All right. Uh, Marvel Chillers number five is written by Tony Isabella, penciled by Will Mignot, uh, colored by Hugh Paley, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino, Denise Wall, and Irving Watanabe. Um, we we finally kind of get back on track after last issue's Craven fuckabout. Um, so Tigra is speeding... <laughs> through the wilderness uh when she is when she's like she trips and decides to have a good cry next to a river when she comes under attack from a couple of the rat pack she fights them and the the female member of the rat pack turns out to be madam madam menace uh, yeah yes. madam menace who was supposedly like the former crime queen of New Orleans. Who gives a shit? Um, they try to gas her, but she hold her, holds her breath. Woohoo. Uh, so she gets knocked over the head and taken back to base. Um, meanwhile, there are some cops that detain Red Wolf, but they contact the Avengers and find out he's on the level. Um, I wonder how that phone call goes. Hey, I, is this one of yours? I mean, yeah. kinda. 
All right. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point that we find out that this this soul catcher quote unquote statue uh, is what plague took from um, the Indian from reservation. the reservation where he slaughtered everyone and uh so red wolf takes off in the after tigra because his wolf lobo has her scent uh we then switch to back to the rat pack and we we get a whole bunch of shit about their internal squabbles yeah there's number one was the former leader and He's ostensibly the second in command, but then there's number five who is wholly loyal to Plague and is constantly countermanding number one. All of this is all of this is only set up for the big reveal later. Yeah. But the big reveal isn't strictly necessary. Like number five doesn't serve a purpose other than to keep Red Wolf on the ropes while Tigra deals with Plague. But since Red Wolf doesn't really need to be there, it's all superfluous. Um, but Tigra comes to and, you know, there's a Donnie Brook. In the end, she winds up... Uh, ca- Plague with... Joshua Plague with the Soul Catcher takes her down and so they chain her up and set their base to explode and take off and then they all Tigra, run, they all run down to a there's an underground like sled way that they're going to use yeah. to move to a different base after this one explodes yeah yep um and then like red wolf finds tigra and throws his tomahawk at her end of issue who cares the frustrating thing about this is that this issue the cover makes a big deal of like don't look at our stunning final page and their stunning final page is a bog standard cliffhanger like there's no great revelations it's not like oh my god tigra is actually hitler in a cat body or anything like that it's just Red Wolf finally catches up with Tigra and we're setting up a confrontation that doesn't fucking happen. Right. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Anyway, I'm just trying to burn through these because I don't want to deal with them anymore because they're not even... At least Defenders is, like, so fucking wacky Yeah. this week that we can just be like... And then Hulk just fucks off for an issue. Like, you know, <laughs> but this, this, it's just frustrating and I hate it. Uh, Marvel Chillers number six um, has the bonus of at least being penciled by John Byrne. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is inked by Frank Springer, colored by Don Warfield, lettered by Gar- Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe. As I said, this is literally, they literally, like... It turns out that the tomahawk that Red Wolf threw was meant to free her. That's it. And so it's at this point that he's just like, yeah, my wolf told me you were on the level. And she's like, 
oh, and then like they literally say, I didn't get a chance to pursue that particular line of conversation though, because a an explosion rips through. They flee and come out below. They find the tracks. where they find yeah they find the an tracks. additional yeah and there's another car uh, they car. jump in it yeah and so they follow it and uh, we are we are there's a brief vignette of Professor Leon, Doctor Tumalo, and Banyan, um, and it turns out Banyan is number six. Who cares? Um, but so the the issues with the Rat Pack come to a head, um, and Joshua Plague is just like, you know what? Fuck you! I'm done with your bullshit. Um, and uh, this is the point at which we get our first indication that Joshua Plague is something else. Because he he's using the soul catcher on the everybody but number five, and he says earthborn ingrates. Um, so, but he's I was confused sorry. here because I thought he just straight up vaporized them, um, because that's what it looks like he's doing. He says screams raw naked power earthborn ingrates. Uh, where would you be without my strategic genius? And then he just fucking like lights them up and it looks like they're all just toast um well he's in the process of destroying them but tigra interrupts and uh so tigra goes after plague and knocks the statue out of his hands um red wolf goes after um number five and in the course of things number five falls into a wire and it's at this point we discover number five is a robot mm-hmm. uh so then tigra is fighting um tigra is fighting uh plague plague they get distracted by oh god that's a robot and that's when plague is just like Ugh, whatever, and transforms, and it's the Super Scroll. Um, which I had weird feelings about this because, honestly, my very first thought was, "Oh, good, a villain I understand. Like, this is easy. I don't mm-hmm. have to work very hard with this. Like, the main, the main bad, kinda." We'll get to it, but the big bad in, uh, or one of the bads in Defenders is Nebulon, and that's, like, hard, because you have to work to, like, understand Nebulon's deal and, like, what his power set is and all of this shit. But with Super Scroll, and I was afraid that Joshua Plague was going to end up being a Nebulon type, where it's just Mm. like, I am a vague alien power and i was like oh god i don't want that um but oh it's a super scroll okay cool punch him punch him punch him a bunch that's that's fine um 
Don't don't get punched or lit on fire, but you you just punch him. Um, this that's my easy. my problem with the Super Scroll reveal is it doesn't yes feel uh, like they've earned it. It just that, feels tacked on. Yeah, um, it doesn't really work with like the hypnotizing mind powers that he was displaying earlier. In the well, his laugh is what drained her strength like yeah, like none of that stuff pays off because it doesn't because the scrolls can hypnotize like that's something they've been shown to be able to do it is fine but it's always eye based like it's always like uh, and then the person's like oh you're jesus or whatever <laughs> um whereas this it's his voice it's it's so fucking dumb and I hate it. All so right. let's let's get it done then. Marvel Chillers number seven is written by Jim Shooter, penciled by George Tusca, inked by Sal Trapani, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by John Costanza. Um and it's called it's called Mask of the Green Death, and it's just like Oh, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to trick me by reminding me of a good story. Um, But yeah, so they have their knockdown drag out. And in the background of this, the human members of the Rat Pack are like, I don't know, should we do something? Like, uh, maybe, maybe we should... uh, step in and they're like no because like whoever wins we're kind of boned um yeah but they're just like you know what how about let's just beat feet (laughs) yeah they do bye right back and so in the course of this uh super scroll takes down tigra but in the process drops the staff so lobo grabs it and runs off super scroll goes after lobo which frees tigra up to destroy the robot and free red wolf they um they go after him they are then seen by banyan Who's just like, oh, whoops, shit, uh, I should probably leave. <laughs> yeah, he and walks so, in and he goes, oh no, and just pace. Like, oh, whoops, I should, uh, I should exit. Um, and he does, reminding us that he's both working with Dr. Tumalo and also uh, Six. So he's like, what happened to Plague? Um, oh well. Yeah. So they go after him. Uh, Super Scroll manages to corner Lobo and seemingly destroys him. And Tiger was like, oh no. And Red Wolf's like, no, it's fine. At which point Lobo comes up and gives him the staff. And that's when the police are like, hold it. That building just blew up and you came out of it. And uh, Red Wolf's like, no, it's the Super Scroll. And it cuts to the alleyway where Super Scroll has now transformed into a random homeless guy and is just like, 
poking at the, <laughs> the fire and they're just like uh they did they decide so i can't get a handle on what lobo's deal is and i'm trying to remember is lobo magic because leaving aside the fact that red wolf talks to him i'm willing to allow for the fact that that's just wolf spirit shit but Lobo like teleported and then he gets fired at by police and the cops like, I swear to God, I hit that wolf like five times, but he escapes. I don't they remember load the specifics of Lobo, uh, because, um, except for being the main man, but the, I don't remember the specific, I had to, I'm surprised you didn't. Um, but the, I'm willing to go with this is yet another like pers- like manifestation of uh, what did he call it? the the, the god spirit yeah the wolf spirit oh, oh uh, some some probably terrible native name so one I'm not even gonna try and pronounce um, yeah uh, but. They get arrested and booked and taken to the captain who's like, you, you know, Sarge, I got this. Thanks. Uh, And then the captain's like, "Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to give you your your stuff back and uh, we're going to contact your Avengers and make sure that everything's on the level. Uh, But I need that uh, relic because it was stolen and I need it. To return it to the people that it goes to, and um, at some point he or so Red Wolf gives him the statue back, and is like, and the captain's like, ah, you fools, I'm the Super Scroll, because of course he is, uh, and the captain's dead underneath his desk, and Super Scroll, they have a fight, uh, they manage to get the thing away from him again. After she goes crazy feral. Tigra does. But she managed... Oh, no. Super Scroll tries to unleash the entirety of the power of this relic. And it backfires on him because the relic decided that Tigra was good. And that he was bad. So it consumed him. Yeah. Uh, So... Super Scroll is now a part of this relic. The cops burst in and are like, holy shit, he's dead. They killed him and ran. He must, there is, this is pretty clear cut. They're murderers. And it's like, that's the only, that's where we're leaving this. You guys are just going to take a murder rap. All right, cool. Good job. Like I said, her, her whole like, I don't really belong in human society thing doesn't work when she's literally just like running from the police at every opportunity. Like the police can hit the police. Beast is an Avenger now. Yeah. Like you can just be like, Hey, you know, beast, it's kind of the same deal. Like I'm human, but now I look like this. They can probably handle it. Yeah. 
You this don't not, have to get you don't have to get into the cat people stuff. This is not You don't a, have to be like there's a secret race of cat people and I'm one of them now. You just have to be like I'm a cat person and they're like All right. In this universe, we've seen weirder shit. Like the face of Zeus regularly appears in the sky. Like mm-hmm. and is televised. Like uh it, Cat people now? All right, we got cat people. Whatever. Yeah. The um, This is the last issue of Marvel Chillers, and humanity is the poorer for it, let me <laughs> tell you. Um, well, okay, like, before we move on from Tigra entirely, I don't like this story. That's easy, right? But I am still sort of, like, weirdly intrigued. Maybe it's, a like, a car wreck kind of thing. Where, like, I'm gonna look anyway. So I'm, like, weirdly intrigued to, like, what do they do? How does this character survive this? I want to see that. Um, because it oh. could be easily just... It's gone now. Tiger's gone. Don't worry about it. That story just ended. Bye. And they they keep bringing her back, so why? Um, yeah. So, I guess. I don't know. So, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back in a moment with some weird goddamn defenders. Bonkers. Elf with a gun. Whose name is Melf, by the way? All right. Um, let's let's get into fucking defenders, which defenders number thirty one <laughs> uh, is written by Steve Gerber, penciled by Sal Bashima, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Petra Goldberg, and lettered by Ray Holloway. Nighthawk is flying around hallucinating uh, he's, and is captured. Yeah, he's being drugged about by giant hands. And the hands... Okay, so the hands don't even make sense. Like, with his... I know it's a hallucination and it doesn't have to make sense. But there, I, I posit that it would be better if the hand that were grabbing him each time were a left hand but it's always a right hand and because and i say that because trish star you know he still feels guilty about her losing her arm and she lost her left arm and Mm -hmm. it even explicitly says it and i was like oh it'd be cool if nope that's that's a that is a right hand it's almost always a right hand i don't know why you're doing that Mm -hmm. um anyway he flies into a tree and gets captured by somebody. Uh, meanwhile, okay, meanwhile, I hate, I hate Jack Norris. Um, and I have to deal with Jack Norris a lot this week. 
Valkyrie and Jack Norris are at a fucking, I guess, Coney Island. Uh, and on a date, I guess. Why is she hanging out with him? She knows that this is what he's trying to do is like be husband and wife with her. And every time she br- he brings it up, she's like, no, I am not Barbara. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why? Why? And I'm, what are both of you doing? Why are you hanging out with him? You know, this is what he wants. Um, the funny part is that he's trying to be all masculine and and I funny as air quotes. Uh, he's being all masculine, and he you know the strength measuring device. He manages to hit the bell. She gets insulted, uses the hammer, and destroys the thing. Um, they have their confrontation. This is set up. She admits that there is some part of her that is starting to find her attractive. But, or find him attractive, but it's not Barbara. Cut to Hulk. He's on a game reserve. He uh, watches some hunters kill a deer with a fawn. He totally fucks them up just completely. Like, they are dead. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, like... We can have the wacky hijinks and all of that, but like he he wraps the gun around one man's neck. Yeah. And he is shown choking. Like he's going to die. And the other dude is his bones are paced because he takes him and throws him hard enough to skip him across a pond and then go he flies directly into the trunk of a tree. That man, his bones are, are liquid now. He is unequivocally dead. Yes. Like the 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 other guy the the gun wrapped around his neck it's like there are several factors working against him a he has to be found in time b whoever finds him has to get the gun off his neck in time so on and so forth but maybe it could happen if like yeah the stars align yeah, but if the, the other very guy next is person he runs into is Captain America. Yes, he could maybe be saved. But yeah. uh, but the other guy, the other guy, it's like talking about how he's like broken and unconscious even before he hits the tree. And so, yeah, there's no two ways about it. Hulk killed that guy. <laughs> um, so he takes the fawn and bounces off because. He needs a smart person to tell him what to do with the fawn. Right. Nighthawk. Nighthawk comes to. And he's being held by the. The headsman. Is it the headman society or is it just the headsman? I don't know. The headman. uh, The headman. If you don't recall. There's a dude who was working on. Pym particles before Hank Pym did, but all he succeeded in doing was shrinking the bones of his face, so now his face just kind of hangs off. There's a dude who is his head is grafted onto the body of a gorilla, 
and then there's Chandu the Mystic. And they cut out Chandu's brain and put it in Kyle Richmond's body. So And put Kyle Richmond's body or brain into a bowl. In in a bowl. With some nutrients that are keeping it alive. Whatever. Um because that's that's how that works, don't you know? Um so Chandu Chandhawk Chandhawk yeah heads out and Hulk happens across him nope we get the fucking elf first uh, okay there's an elf there's he an shoots elf. a dude <laughs> they're in Vegas he's a the these people get into a cab the cab driver pulls into an alleyway and then his head falls off and it turns out it's actually an elf who then shoots them. <laughs> so Chandhawk happens across Hulk and Hulk's like, need talk magician. Maybe he can help me keep Fawn alive. And Chandu is just like, awesome, let's do it. And he's so like, they go to I knew the Hulk was one of Nighthawk's friends, but nobody else got named in the news story, so I'm just gonna have to hope that I can follow the Hulk's lead. Like he doesn't realize how perilous a situation he's in right now. Like Yeah. They go to uh, the Sanctum. Yeah, go ahead. They get to the Sanctum and Chandu is just like, Oh shit, this is some serious stuff here. Like he's looking at the relics and he's like, Wow. And uh, Strange is just like, when, when did you learn about this stuff? And and Chandu is just like, uh, I read a I read a National Geographic. And, and uh, Strange is like, uh huh. So Chandu does a magic spell that is supposed to paralyze everybody. Um, but then. Strange is just like uh, this is this is amateur hour. I love and literally that Strange just goes like he he lets him think that he won. Like that's the part that I like is that he's just like all right, all right, cool, bro. And then Nighthawk bounces and then he just walks out of it like yeah, nah, and then just dispels it like okay, this is some bush league shit. Um, yeah. Hmm. And so, uh, he, he proceeds, he goes after Nighthawk and they have a battle and Chandu, Chandu realizes in fairly short order that he is outclassed because <coughs> Strange like waves his hand and Chandu is blasted into another reality. And Chandu's like, oh shit, I can only look in on other realities, and this guy is just traveling them like it's nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. So Chandu uh, attempts to fight Strange, but of course he loses. Yeah. They take, they take Chandu back to the Sanctum, and they're like, okay, let's see who this guy really is. They unmask him, and it's like, oh shit, it's actually Kyle Richmond. The the headmen have to be given credit here 
because there is no scarring. There is no like. There is. There's so. no indication that he's just had his living brain cut out of his head. But there is in the, <clears throat> in the second to last panel, that and when they're actually removing the cowl along his mm-hmm. hairline, there are several dots. Oh, really? You can see them, and I was like, guys, guys, guys. No, I missed that. None of you. Um. Okay. Cool. Um. I think they need to be the headman need to be given credit for being able to salvage his scalp. Like, well, yeah, that's the part that's impressive. Yeah. Um, but so they're all like, holy shit, what's going on? So in defenders number 32, which is lettered by John Costanza, (coughs) um, they've called in son of Satan. Uh, because they're like, is he possessed? And Son of Satan is like, no. Um, and uh, he's like, well, my my bit's done here, so bye, guys. Um, at which point, Strange is like, okay, so we've ruled out demonic possession. Let's try... Um, Let's try just straight magic. And so he uses the Eye of Agamotto and discovers that Chandu is in the body of Kyle Richmond. Um, And so... God, this is... This is really... This issue is kind of fucked up. Um... We switch to the headman's house in the suburbs. <laughs> um, yeah, it's somewhere because, in Connecticut. Well, yeah, and it's and it's somewhere. There's a dude across the street whose house was trashed by the Hulk, and that'll that'll come up later. Um, so the the two headmen that we're left with are arguing over what to do with Nighthawk's brain. Um, and then we're introduced to the fourth member of the headman who appears here for the first time. It's Ruby Thursday. And this is, this is a, this is a leap. So Ruby Thursday's real name is Thursday Rubenstein, which is a very Blackagar Boltagon kind of name. It's they they decided on they decided on the yeah, and then worked backward from there. Which that's fine. Like you you come up with a, an idea, and then it's just like okay, they need a real name, but. Thursday Rubenstein. Really? Yep. Um, Ruby Thursday is a woman who has replaced her head with an organic computer ball that is like a, a, a pliable plastic... And so it can kind of do whatever she needs to do. But mostly that means tentacles. Um, Yeah. 
So, yeah. So, she's a whole thing. Um, Doctor Strange uses the Orb of Agamotto to try and figure out where Kyle is based on Kyle's perceptions. But... Kyle doesn't have all he sees all he sees is like random dream logic and so he's like oh so this wasn't a mystical switch they literally cut his brain out and now Kyle is in a jar and which is an it's an interesting leap of logic uh because like he could just be out cold but no Strange is just like, they cut out his brain. Um, so. And you know what? It's one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad they finally got there. Like, let's, yeah. let's move it on. Come on. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but it's still, it's it's an odd, it's an odd leap to make, is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. So, it's at this point that they're like, okay, we let's let's confuse things a little bit more. And so they transfer Chandu's mind mystically into the fawn. Right. They then transfer Jack Norris's brain into, or mind, into Nighthawk's body. Yes. It's a... So, yeah. Um... (laughs) They then use this to track down the headman's lair and all of this. Unconnected to that, we get an a an expanded origin for Nighthawk. And it basically what it comes down to is his life sucked. Like he was he was raised by shitty a shitty dad who may wound up turning him into a selfish prick. Um and he flunked out of college for being uh, a drunken lout. Wound up being drafted, but it turns out he had a heart murmur. So he worked on curing the heart murmur. And that's when he developed the serum that turned him into Nighthawk. Then he was contacted by the Grandmaster, Squadron Sinister, Defenders, yada, 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 Tristar law it's at this point that the defenders arrive at the connecticut home of the headman uh they they ring the doorbell at which point ruby thursday answers but she's like made her head look normal uh and blast them all um Yeah. So in Defenders number 33, which is colored by Phil Rachelson and lettered by Annette Kowiecki, the Defenders are laid out on slabs while the headmen, like, attach helmets to them (laughs) Um, and everything. Meanwhile, the deer who at this point we have not found out is Shondu. We don't know what's up with the deer. I was really confused when they showed up at the house with Nighthawk's body. 
yeah. being apparently friendly. Because the other thing was like right before they do that miss before that scene transition, Strange goes to Jack Norris and is like, I really need your help. And yeah. Jack's like, Yeah, Doc, anything you need. Uh he will regret that later. Um So we start out with the fawn and it's pissed. Like, remember, we have not been explicitly told what is going on with this fawn yet. But this fawn... So this fawn has managed to activate the orb of Agamotto <laughs> and is, like, watching what's going on. And he is fucking angry. <laughs> and so the fawn comes downstairs and he's, like, trying to... He's, like, using his mouth to try and turn the doorknob and it's not getting anywhere. So he breaks a window <laughs> to escape. But no sooner does he do that than he is captured by a lizard. Yes. Um, and these lizards, like, they pop up a couple of times and they, like, abduct a couple of people and yeah, whatever we skipped by it earlier i think but yeah they've been abducting people and the people they abduct end up on this weird ass island uh we get explained right before the liz- he gets taken we do get explained what the fuck is going on with the fawn that he used chandu mm-hmm. the chandu's mind is in the fawn jack norris's mind is in uh night in chandu's brain in nighthawk's body nighthawk's body jack is just like catatonic now jack's body is catatonic Um, uh so jack plays along with the headman right but like he's he's trying to find out everything he can so he's like he he kind of is just like I think we all need to get on the same page here. So why don't we rewind and you fill all of us in on every aspect of the detail or of the plan here? And for whatever reason, this works. <clears throat> yeah, and he's so clearly nervous and a shitty liar and like just. And obviously doesn't know what the fuck is going on, but he's like, his just outburst of maybe we should go all over the plan again from the start, just to know where we all stand on what the plan is. And, and I, I don't remember what the headman's names are, so from here on out, I'm going to call Gorilla Guy Space Boy. Okay. I'm going to call uh, Mr. Tiny Skull... Droopy? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, there's Ruby and Chandu. Uh, so, he he manages to get them to fill him in on what's going on. He... And then they there's get a... into an argument about what the plan is. Like... Meanwhile, Ruby is like... Straight up about Nighthawk's dick. Yeah. Like she she's she's all over 
Jack in Chondhawk. Right. Uh, and so, meanwhile, they have ostensibly succeeded in doing whatever they were trying to do to the Defenders. But Jack releases the Defenders, who promptly are just, like, not affected at all. Uh, so, they, they have a big fight, which destroys the house. Jack takes Nighthawk's brain and leaves with it, uh, but he gets captured by the lizards. It's, it's funny because nobody knows what's going on anymore, and... That's tough for the reader to hang on to because his name is uh, Negan, is the is Space Boy, and he he's like, oh, the defenders don't know what I know that the Chandu's body is changed, and it's like, didn't Ruby just say that they knew what was going on? Like, what? Except they don't because. Like, they're surprised, but... Whatever. Who cares? Uh, yeah, Jack takes Kyle's brain away and is captured by the lizard people. Uh, Ruby manages to bind the defenders down to the wreckage of the house. So the headmen all leave, uh, and they're escaped. The neighbor across the street is crowing about the fact that... I think that's next issue. But he... Yeah, it is. Yeah, Uh, it is. My bad. uh, But Um, the the very end of this issue is the reveal that the lizard fish people work for Nebulon, the Celestial Man. So, if you missed Nebulon, the Celestial Man, uh, he's back. Also, who are you? How big was the brick that hit you in the head? If you if you're the one that's missing Nebulon, the Celestial. Yeah, yeah, because Nebulon was in the last story with the Squadron Sinister, where uh, Nighthawk defects. Nebulon was the one who freed Hyperion from yep. the atomic realm and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. So whatever. Defenders number 34 is colored by Irene Vartanoff and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Uh, Nebulon. Nebulon is explaining to Nighthawk what's going on he thinks he's nighthawk but it's actually jack and so jack is just like uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah uh, okay um but nebulon explains that when he was cast out he kind of tumbled through realities until eventually he wound up in this reality with the Ludbirdites who are incredibly culturally advanced and who view it as their responsibility to go around um, uplifting other 
civilizations. So it's basically, it's, it's colonialism. It's, it's the white man's burden and all of that bullshit on a dimensional scale. Um, so he sends Nighthawk to the weird place, uh, where they're all keeping, of the other people are yeah, there's keeping the columns and a machine and a lady that keeps saying look at the columns i think it's greek and Karen, uh shut the hell up <laughs> and uh night well yeah john deer john deer is all angry <laughs> about everything um so it's at this point that the defenders Climb out of the rubble and the neighbor crows about how, ha ha, the Hulk destroyed your house this time. At which point the Hulk gets angry and throws a chunk of rubble and destroys the currently being rebuilt house that this guy just lost. Um, Which breaks that guy's brain. It's like, Um, do you want supervillains? Because this is how we get supervillains. Yeah. Um, so Hulk, 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 Valkyrie. They get back, they get back to the sanctum. Hulk is just like, where my deer? And so he goes looking for the deer. Yeah. Because Wong's like, uh, the deer broke a window and ran away. And Hulk's like, fuck you. I'm out. I'm going to go look for that deer. He's like, okay. Sounds good. Um, I'm gonna look at the Strange is like I'm gonna look at the Orb of Agamotto and see if I can't fi- figure out what the hell is going on uh, yeah. and Valkyrie's like what should I do <laughs> she's like so she goes and stands over Jack Norris's body and starts to have feelings which is stupid out loud which too, is and so stupid like i like valkyrie a lot like when valkyrie gets to do things it's really fucking great most of the time like in the stuff we've read when she actually gets stuff to do it's always pretty it's been pretty consistently good uh yeah. this is this is bullshit and i hate it like her having any regression to barbara I don't like it. I, I would like her to just continue to try to... Like, basically, I would like her to tell Jack, go home. Barbara does not exist anymore. You need to go the only, home. The only time she should revert to Barbara is when there's, like, magical influence. And Barbara should just be... Should, like, devolve into infinite scream... Yeah. And never stop screening, screaming until they're able to reassert Valkyrie. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the only time you should see anything of Barbara. And that's perfect from, like, a story. Like, that's a threat. Like, if, you know, if Valkyrie is removed from Barbara, that body is worthless. And yeah. more than worthless, it is an encumbrance. Like, because it's going to be screaming and limp and wailing and thrashing. Like, that's... Yeah. That's great like why are we don't don't do that don't do this yep but she's having these thoughts out loud strange overhears her and is like you should 
probably chill on that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the thing that I like is Strange is literally like, you should learn to have an internal monologue. <laughs> right. Um, but then we we get this thing where like Hulk is Hulk is like making his way through the city when suddenly a meteor like lands in the street and this little bald guy with glasses gets out and everybody's like, What the fuck are you doing? Like and he's like, Oh, I'm just that's how I travel. And they're like, that's incredibly dangerous. And he's like, no, it's not. You can learn how to do it. And it's an easy, it's a piece of piss. And so he starts him, he starts, he transforms into Nebulon. When the Hulk and shows Hulk, up and is and like, H- yeah. Hulk is like, Sparklehead Man. And uh, the... Nebulon transforms back into the bald guy and explains that you can all do this too. Just come to my celestial mind control seminar and I can teach you how. So Hulk takes this flyer and heads back to the sanctum, um, which causes he and strange and valkyrie to go in disguise they are initially stopped by security because of valkyrie's sword but then strange does a little bit of magic and it disappears but i thought that's what's supposed to happen when it's in the scabbard anyway is that nobody can see it yeah but it gets picked up by the metal detector or something i don't know it's whatever it's super it doesn't need to happen uh so this this guy starts in on the seminar and it starts out with him telling everyone that they are bozos you need to confront your bozo ness and he makes them all take out these masks from under the seat like a shitty episode of oprah and put on these clown masks while these cheerleaders who have sweaters that say B-O-Z-O-S come out and start chanting bozos. Um, It's also revealed that Nebulon or this this manifestation of Nebulon uh, has has all the people that he they've been that have been kidnapped. Um, And there's either like a gateway to that weird dimension back behind the stage or it's actually just the island is here um and hulk's like holy shit it's the fawn i'm gonna go get it and valkyrie calms him down gets him to stay uh steven gets up and confronts this small man and is says enough shit to get Nebulon to reveal himself. Uh, at that point, Hulk and Valkyrie are like, oh, fuck. Uh, so they jump up on the stage and are going to try to attack him too. Hulk and Valkyrie get put down fairly quickly. Uh, meanwhile, while they were distracting Nebulon, Strange is trying to figure out what the shit is going on with Nighthawk. Um 
in the nebulon's about to like just peace out everybody when the fawn manages to transport himself and nebulon away it looks like they got fucking vaporized at first but yeah yeah um John Deere, John Deere, yeah, John Deere. That's that's the uh, the portmanteau we're going with, apparently. Yes. Yeah, this is this is what I'm talking about in that there is no connectivity between anything that's going on. It is just it is just literally a series of weird set pieces because yeah, like all of this stuff is just random shit some more and then like interspersed you here right interspersed it's it's like the last season or two of game of thrones in that you have the stuff that you know you need to have happen and that stuff just kind of happens and there's no connective there's no connective bits where it's just like, here's how we get from here to here. It's just Hulk brings a fawn. Why not? And now that fawn is Chandu. Fuck it. And now there's an elf with a gun whose name is fucking Melf. And anyway, so defenders number 35 is inked by Klaus Johnson, colored by Petra Goldberg and lettered by John Costanza. We this is the we switched shit. to Russia like randomly. Yeah. Um yeah. And we we meet the new the Red tease, Guardian. Yeah, the tease huh? at the end the tease at the end of the last issue says something about the Red Guardian. So this wasn't completely out of <clears throat> it's out of left field for the story, but it was teased. Well, yeah, but I mean I'm just saying like if you're if you're just cruising along reading this <coughs> then it it literally is just like and now we're in Russia fuck it um All right. so but, like the thing is like this story story so far has con- like oh uh, not contained uh, conditioned me to just be like Okay. Like at this point, sure. Yeah. Whatever, man. We're in Russia. Okay. Uh Red yeah. Guardian stops a mugging. Um we get some commentary on how uh the Soviet Union is it, it's different. Uh because she stops the mugging. The cops show up, try to arrest her and then threaten to arrest the victim uh yeah she runs back to a building enters it and receives a phone call um and reveals that this is dr tanya belinsky who is belinskaya i believe uh, no, Bell in sky. B e l i n s k i s k y. 
So, uh, anyway, sh the phone call she's getting is from S Strange, who's like, I have the brain, I have the body, we just need to fucking put them, I need somebody to do the transplant. How quickly can we get our respective state departments to let you hear? And she's like, okay, I'm on my way. I'll figure it out. Uh, they transfer... They transfer Jack Norris's mind back into his body so that his body won't die. Uh, Wee! Hooray. Hulk doesn't care about any of this. He wants to find his fawn. Uh, yeah. So he leaves. And... Val's like, maybe I should follow him. And she, Steven's like, yeah, yes. her name's Belinskaya. I, they call her Belinsky in this, but, but her actual name is Belinskaya. Sorry. Uh, random, but Val's like, me. should I follow? And strange is like, do what you want. And he just, and then strange just stares fondly into the bowl of Kyle's brain. <laughs> Cut to the headmen, who are gonna do some mad science. And the conversation is fantastic, because they're like, he basically, one of, Droopy is like, Space Boy, um, are you sure Chandu's gonna be okay with what we did? To his body, and Space Boy's like, "No, he's gonna hate it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> he's not here. I don't care. And at that moment, uh, Nebulon and Chandir apparate into the uh, into the. Uh, this new... entire this entire description is just full of so much weird shit because it's literally. Space Boy and Droopy are operating on Chandu's body, uh, and they know he's going to hate it. And then Chandir and Nebulon apparate, <laughs> and it's just like we have de we have devolved into just absolute oh, it's mad libs. It's it's just bonkers now. Um, and Chandir manages to. Uh, convince the rest of the headmen that he really is Chandu in a fawn's body uh, Nebulon is like this is dumb I'm gone so he leaves <laughs> and they're left with the fawn and trying and the headmen are like we don't give a shit that guy was weird so, yeah. he's gone Ruby yeah. Thursday is able to use her know how to transfer Chandu they trans from the they, deer. They digitize his consciousness and transfer it into a synthetic brain in Chandu's body. This is... Comics are so stupid. Um, yeah. And, and he's now, well, he's now, I guess, Chan Harpy. Uh, uh, the only part of this that's like made so 
we cut to JFK real quick to uh, Belinsky or Belinskaya arrives um, and is met with a State Department official and Stephen Strange. She's towing a a Soviet State Department and a bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are being tailed by some guy. Um, Meanwhile, in the zoo, Hulk has decided that maybe this deer is his deer uh, when the cops are like, the fucking Hulk's at the zoo. Fuck this. (laughs) And so they, they show up and start shooting because they're... Is literally no training, apparently. Uh, yeah. Valkyrie and Jack Norris are on Aragon, Gorn, and they're like, oh shit, shots, it's probably the Hulk. They go, she clocks Hulk in the back, um, which does nothing but piss him off. Because now he's like, okay, fuck it. Now you're hitting me too? Fuck this, bye. And so he leaves. Then we get the part where she, where Ruby digitally transfers the imprint of Chandu's mind onto a synthetic brain in Chandu's new body, which is a mess now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put it lightly. Instead of arms, he has lampreys. That's the thing. Like, the rest of this, I'm like... The rest of this mess, I'm like, all right, fine. But the lamprey arms. He's got a horn. Sure, go for it. He's got wings. And then he has these weird, uh, like, he's got clawed feet. They're like giant chicken legs. Yeah, and... Yeah, it's it's really fucking weird. Um, he is a horror now, um, and of course, upon realizing what they've done to him, he loses his shit and tries to murder them. Uh, Ruby manages to keep him still long mm-hmm. enough for like him to calm the fuck down. Meanwhile, uh, Strange and Tanya have put Kyle's brain back in his head. Oh, good. And Strange is like, hey, you're pretty cool. Do you want to stick around? And she's like, I'd love to. But uh, the assholes, you know, there's no way I'm going to get that to happen. And yeah. he's, he's like, what if they were convinced? And she's like, it would take magic. And he's like, that's... Interesting. I I think that can be arranged. Chandu <laughs> uh, attacks a construction site and grabs a worker. <sighs> Val and Jack Norris are trying to have some kind of goddamn heart-to-heart, and it looks like maybe Val's beginning to fall for Jack even though he's been nothing but a piss ant this whole time. They spot Chandu off in the distance. Everybody jumps on Aragorn and goes after him. We find out that Chandu grabbed this construction worker because they he wants to move mines again to a different dude. 
at this point in time, I completely get it. Oh, like, yeah. no, this is the most rational thing John Doe's done so far. <laughs> yeah. So, but Val and Jack on Aragorn intercede. Chandu gashes Aragorn or like tears deep gashes into Aragorn's side. Aragorn falls. Val and Chandu have a knockdown drag out in this swanky restaurant on top of this building. She defeats him. But when it's all said and done... She gets arrested. And God the Things don't get better. So Defenders number thirty six, which is written by Steve Gerber and Mary Scrennis, uh colored by Klaus Jansen and lettered by Joe Rosen. Nighthawks back to normal but he's kind of he's kind of uh he's still a little locked in at the moment like it's not like full-blown locked in syndrome like the diving bell and the butterfly but like he's still a li- he's still readjusting to like having a body right so he's not talking and he's just kind of blinking at stuff um, but, uh, Dr. Strange goes in and uses his magic to, uh, to hypnotize the dude from the state department and the guys from the communist party and is just like, so she's going to stay right. And they're like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So he's like, congratulations, you get to stay. And she's like, what, really? Um, Oh, also, she was... Kyle's hospital room was attacked by some truly random goons. And uh, she just pieces them out. And the cops show up and are like, uh... Cool, thanks, lady. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. And then we... (laughs) The the cops are called. So Aragorn is on this rooftop. Jack is trying to prevent this guy from putting both barrels into Aragorn's <laughs> face. And uh, because the guy's like, he, he's wrecking the roof. But like a dead horse is not going to be any better for your roof bro all that means is it's gonna be harder to move (laughs) but whatever so hulk grabs the guy and like throws him drops Um, him off the side but he only falls a floor and jack norris is like just shut the fuck up you asshole hulk grabs aragon and jack and bounces uh meanwhile Oh, yeah. Valkyrie got booked. She's being taken to the women's prison. Uh, Also, Strange and Tanya are having coffee. They hear more about the 
mind control people because remember that's still going on too uh that and they're like we need to we need to look into this and she's like all right yeah uh meanwhile these three guys show up at the the office slash home of the short bald guy um and we're we're told their names but unless you really know like these aren't it's not fucking green goblin or anything yeah it's eel porcupine and plant man in their civilian uh, identities and uh they get they get there and they're fucking cut like, if you were going to be able to remember Alex Gentry, Sam Smithers, and Leopold Strike, like, good job, I guess. You need a, you need a, a different hobby, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, maybe someone's a really, really, really big Human Torch fan. Um, the thing about it is, so... They get in there and they're confronted with all this bozo bullshit. And Eel and Porcupine are just like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Smithers is the only one who's just like, this is idiotic. And so he pieces out. Um, and, uh, and so... Um, Val in the women's prison is adjusting, but she's like, she's been going hard for probably four days now and has slept almost none of it. So all she wants to do is collapse into one of the bunks. Uh, the hard case in the cell with her, there's three people in the cell, one who's like, a little mousy the other one who seems like fine and the the third is this large shit house yeah who is in to start shit with val yeah basically proving that she's the one in charge here val in her sleep addled state kind of forgets the rules and after she gets knocked around a bit uh just starts to attack this this woman and then immediately gets sick and feels like shit and just lays down and goes to sleep which all she really does is pick the woman up like she just holds her up and is just like knock it the fuck off like she doesn't actually at no point does she like hit her or anything like that she just manhandles her a little bit but mm-hmm. whatever um so smithers goes out puts on his costume and is just like fuck it and so he goes and he kidnaps kyle richmond uh in an attempt to ransom him dr strange and red guardian intercede and wind up in this this bulb <laughs> uh 
And it's at this point that Doctor Strange's spells start getting kind of wonky. And man, I really hope we resolve this relatively quickly. Um, We won't this week, but hopefully soon. Uh, Apparently they felt they needed to start trying to depower him somehow, and I don't know why. Um, Maybe it's connected to the elf. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Nothing's connected to the elf. The, they just need to have better villains, and then Doctor Strange won't be overpowered. Right. But whatever. So, uh... They are attempting to get out of this bulb, and he can't. Plant Man is outside, railing against the cops, and being like, I have Kyle Richmond, get me a million dollars from his, and I'll let him go. And that's, that's his plan. Yeah. $50 million. $5 million, I, I believe. Well, it starts out 50 In this page, it's 50 okay, I think it turns into whatever. $5 million next issue. Whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, so Defenders number 37 is colored by Don Warfield and lettered by Ray Holloway. Um, they... Jack Norris and Hulk take Aragorn to a vet. Um, and the police are just like, oh shit, it's the Hulk. <laughs> and so Hulk is just like, ah, goddamn police. Um, Jack, meanwhile, gets Aragorn pit- patched up, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and then he hears about Plant Man having rest, or kidnapped Kyle and holding them for hostage with two yeah. others. And he, he assumes that it's Doctor Strange and Val. Yes. So he calls Power Man, who is in the middle of, shall we say, heated negotiations. Finally picks up the phone and he's like, yeah, all right, I'll be right there. So Doctor Strange and Red Guardian are... In the giant bulb, but then they manage to... Doctor Strange manages to get his shit together and actually blast his way out. At which point, they are grabbed by giant dandelion puffs and flown into the... In His plan is to then like fly them into space. Um, Power Man shows up and uh, starts throwing shit around. Doctor Strange manages to get he and Red Guardian out of this massive plant jizz and uh, and back down to the ground. And it's at this point, Plant Man is just like, I gotta go. Yep, Fuck it. Too much heat. Bye. Uh, so Jack they Norris recover. Shows up and it's like Jack Norris shows up, realizes, sees the Red Guardian instead of Val, and goes, "Where the fuck is my wife?" And no one goes, "She's not your wife." Yeah. Um, and we cut to Val, who's in prison, getting beat around. Plant yeah. Man goes back to the bald dude and shows him what porcupine and eel are up to which is killing 
virtual manifestations <clears throat> of their previous selves. Again, Plant Man's like, you know what? Fuck this. Bye. Uh, and Nebulon blasts him in the back and is like, nah, I need you. Uh, Kyle wakes up again. Plant Man's like, or not Plant Man, Power Man's like, okay, so I don't do this heroine thing for free. Uh, and you, every time I get called out to help you guys, it's costing me money. So, like, can I go? And Kyle's like, hey, wait a minute. What if we just put you on retainer? And yeah. Power Man's like, shit, fine by me if the numbers are right. I don't give crap. If you put... That's solid income for me. So, go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, <coughs> they did. And Strange... Or, Kyle's kind of like, okay, now that that's settled, can I have Strange, like, alone for a minute? And everyone's like, okay. And they all pile out of the room. And Strange is like, you're messed up, aren't you? And Kyle's like, yeah, what's... What's reality? And Strange is like, all right, uh, so it's just going to be this way for a while. Uh, you'll either what? learn, you'll either get over it or learn from it. And <sighs> Kyle's like, okay. Huh. What is endlessly frustrating about this is that um, Strange basically says, like, this is leading you down a more spiritual path. But in the next issue or so, what it actually means in practice is uh, Kyle, when something weird happens, Kyle is just like, is this real? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, Porcupine and Eel attack the hospital. And manage to gas everybody and take them. Yeah. So in Defenders number 38, which is lettered by Irving Watanabe, Strange, uh, Luke, and Red Guardian wake up and they're in this, they're in this weird dimension. Um mm -hmm. Strange tries to cast a spell and is immediately struck by lightning. So they flee. Um, so they they take refuge in, refuge in a cave uh, and are just like, fuck, man. Like, this is, this is some weird shit. And... Uh, a giant so uh, the 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 the, den the denizen of the cave reappears and is like, "I'm a giant snow ape. Get the fuck out of my place." Yeah. Um. And it, they are attacked. Yeah. Jack goes to Kyle and is like, "Oh shit! Everybody got kidnapped." Um. And they're like, Kyle's like, "Fucking what?" He goes, "I'm pretty sure it was the eel and porcupine." And they mentioned the Celestial Mind Control. Right. And so he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you've, you've been a brain in a jar. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get a flowchart, and I'll try to explain what's happened in a, for the past. There's an elf with a gun. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's on its own line. Elf with a gun, <laughs> question mark. Um, and he tries to... He, 
does the short version and Kyle's like okay fuck it I gotta go and they're like Jack's like shouldn't you be in bed though like your brain your brain and Kyle's like I'm the only one that can rescue let's go he's like okay Uh, Val's still in prison I'm I'm really not gonna waste a lot of time because that doesn't feel like they get into a fight in the mess hall and Val when Val's going to solitary. Yeah. Whoop de doo. Uh, um the defend the Power Man Strange and Red Guardian uh eventually kind of they don't really defeat it, but they beat it back, this giant snow ape thing. At least he's uh, uh, unconscious. Um Yeah. And <laughs> Strange is like, wait, way to go, Luke. You hit it so hard that you put it, you knocked it unconscious, but you didn't kill it. I'm, I'm impressed by your restraint. It looks like I didn't kill it. Fuck! I really wanted to kill it. Yeah. Um, and at that point, some weird bugs start crawling up a cut in Red Guardian's outfit. So she starts wigging out. Um. So then Nighthawk puts on his costume and goes to the Celestial Mind Control headquarters. Um, and winds, they wind up basically shoving him through a door, which leads to the cave where With. Strange and the others are. And Nighthawk's like, oh man, is this real? What's going on? And Strange is like... Kyle, you're... What are you doing? You're supposed to be in the hospital recovering from, you know, being a brain in a jar. And he's just like, they pushed me through a door and now I'm here. And so he helps them find the door, which they then start to open. And the cultists are like, no, we've got to stop them from getting through. So they all pile up against the door. But then they burst in and um, you wind up with, you wind up with Strange, Red Guardian, Power Man, and Nighthawk. Though Red Guardian is still kind of like recovering from the bugs because as soon as they pass through the door, all the bugs die. Yeah. Um. So, you've got the four of them on one side, the cultists and eel and porcupine on the other side, and then on a third side, the (laughs) snow ape makes its way through the door. Uh, Uh, The the, the elf shoots a guy. Uh, And then... uh, Yeah, the the elf poses as like a chieftain from a native tribe that died out a long time ago. And so this guy is just like, oh man, what kind of mystical knowledge am I about to receive when suddenly (laughs) it's just like, help with a gun, shoot. (laughs) And so... Um, So, okay, we got 
Snow Ape going nuts. We got cultists running in fear. We got Strange and his magic kind of wigging out on him. We got everybody fighting every or Luke fighting the eel and getting shocked. Uh, but Red Guardian helps. Red Guardian and... helps. Nighthawk manages to kick Porcupine into eel, putting them both down. Right, because um, eel and, shocks porcupine, and porcupine, and eel can't take the hit. Uh, Strange is like shooting fire at the ape because that's all he can manage. But then he, then he digs down deep and is able to uh, conjure up the crimson bands of Sidorak or whatever and contain the ape. And so they're just like, okay. Let's head home and I guess just hope that the police mop this up. And then there's this weird shot at the end of the face of the ape going all like cosmic or something. It's. I don't know what's good. I don't. I too. Is this what insanity feels like? Is this what actual like I've. I've been depressed, and I've been, like, low-level crazy. Right. But, like, is this what actual barking insanity feels like? Because I have no idea (laughs) what is going on. God damn it all to hell. Top five, I guess. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top 5. Top 5. Uh, for me, number 5, this, five, number five, this fawn is fucking pissed. The visual is so insane. Uh, I've never imagined a mad fawn, but this is, this is, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, number four, Queen of Crime, Crime Queen of New Orleans sounds like a thing that everyone would call themselves. Like, you're the Crime Queen of New Orleans. Okay, sure. So Mm -hmm. is she. So is she. Like, there's nothing. I don't, this is not a title that I'm going to give any credence to. Uh, Mm -hmm. number three is just how much Hulk loves this fawn. Like... Throughout the entire story, just about any time the fawn is brought up, he's, I gotta find this fawn. Like, I know it's dumb because it's a crowbar for the, for the story, but it's still hilarious. Uh, number two is probably actually the only really neat part of the Doctor Strange, or of the Defender story, which is... Strange just wrecking Chandu because and Chandu be like, oh shit, I am I am way outclassed. Like as, I like you said, Chandu's reaction is I can barely look into these dimensions and he just transported us physically here mm-hmm. with minimal effort. Shit. Um and then the way that he just schools Chandu throughout the entire fight because he's like, ah, okay, you're doing the you're doing the 
It's like a variation on the bands of Sidorak. All right, cool. It's not not really a good spell because I can just because a good sorcerer will know how to <coughs> harness the energy from your spell and then direct it back at you, asshole. Yeah, I yeah. Just that is one thing. Fucking he school. literally, he literally is just like that's cute. I stopped using those because even an idiot can can counter them. And Chandu's just like, I'm throwing everything I've got at you. Uh, and then number one, Kyle Richmond I too question reality after this week's reading. I feel for you, buddy. But I think you're taking it a bit far. All right. That's me. Uh, I, I had a tough one. <laughs> I had a tough time doing a top five this Clearly week. I did too. Uh, number five is, uh, we were going to have a problem, but then my dog said you were cool. <laughs> uh, number four is, uh, John Deere. Yes. <laughs> um, Number three is Hulk just casually murdering some hunters. Like, one of your heroes, folks, is just... I mean, look, I... They're hunting on a game reserve, and, like... That's... They're drinking and shooting Bambi's mom. And whatever. And that's fine. But, like, seriously... He straight casually just wrecks these guys. And no one no one feels good about that. Um, what was that number? That was number three. Yeah. Number two is the sentence, Space Boy and Droopy are arguing about their abomination of science <laughs> when Chondir and Nebulon apparate. <laughs> Uh, and one one thing, if if you are confused as to why we're calling Negan 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 uh, Space Boy, it's it's Umbrella Academy. In yeah. the comics, Space Boy gets his chest crushed, and so his head is grafted onto a space gorilla. Yes, and that's basically what it looks like here, because this gorilla is blue. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then number one is Elf on a Melf. Uh, <laughs> mainly because, like, not only is this a fucking non sequitur, but it's one that doesn't even go anywhere. Melf literally gets run over by a truck. And then at one point, there was, there was an attempt to be like, oh, well, actually... It's all about cosmic justice, and he is killing people who deserve it because the living tribunal or whatever. But then they're just like, nope, that's not actually what's going on. Who the fuck knows what's going on with this elf? He's just an <laughs> he's just an elf with a Saturday night special. And then after he dies, another elf starts doing it. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? So, so it this feels like a and this is wrong because 
it feels like a a tie to Adam Warlock, like Puck and like that kind of thing. But like it yeah. never gets there and won't. Yeah. Oh my god, it was the tribunal. What? Yeah, I'm looking at his the the fan wiki as well and being like what the shit is up with this elf? Oh well, we'll never know unless we pin Steve Gerber to the ground. Yeah, and I think we're gonna have to at some point. <laughs> well, wait, is he? Is Steve Gerber still alive? Didn't he die? Uh, or did I imagine uh, that? Who am I thinking of that was dead? Yeah, he died. Oh fuck! He died eleven years ago. God damn it! And his spouse died too. Oh no, she might still be alive. I... Should we bother? Just be like, <laughs> please explain. Did he ever tell um, you the secret of the elf? Yes, he did. But it was his dying wish that I never reveal it. Fuck. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that's it for this week. Uh, next week, we have some Marvel Presents with Guardians of the Galaxy. Some more Defenders, so maybe some shit will be like wrapped up. Power Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and then a couple of random things, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of like, there's a Thor annual in here. Marvel 2-in-1. The Defenders uh, Annual. Stuff like that. So, yeah. So, we'll, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll wind up with more questions than answers. But, who knows. Um, in the meantime, um, like us on Facebook. Follow us both individually and at Watchers Guide MU on Twitter. Uh, email us at watchersguide@gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com. Also, be on the lookout for our new show, How Marvelous, with Mickey Lexa of My Gender is Cinema, which will be launching within the next week or two. Um, basically, I just got to edit some episodes and then like make a firm announcement of when it's going to uh, be premiering. And then go from there. So, yeah, follow follow that on Twitter at at How Marvelous Pod, uh, or like it on Facebook to find out when it's going to be launching. So uh, that is it for us. Have a marvelous week. Bye. <laughs>